This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 224 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections for the whole universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. Enjoy today's tip. Hi, Glenn to keep back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Today we have back with us one of our most popular guests, and that's Dr. Jenny Johnson. She's back with us every week, and as you know, she is a regular contributor to the Jumping Radio Show, which is part of the Horse Radio Network. This tip is taken off of episode 16 and is co-hosted by Chris Stafford. You can hear the rest of the show by visiting jumpingradio.com. As we've introduced her many times, Dr. Johnson is with Oak Hill Shockwave and Veterinary Chiropractic Clinic that it's based in Calabasas, California. And uh, people, we've been getting a lot of emails with people really enjoying these tips, so we appreciate that. And we hope that you enjoy today's as well, right after these words from Kentucky Performance Products. Hi, Glenn the Geek here. Choose Kentucky Performance Products supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. This week, I want to speak with you about Elevate Maintenance Powder. Horses consuming limited grass due to a busy competition schedule or because of diet restrictions may not be getting enough natural vitamin E. Horses in rigorous training, seniors, broodmares, and stallions often require additional levels of vitamin E to meet their needs. When you need a supplement with natural vitamin E, choose Elevate Maintenance Powder. Affordable, effective, and research-proven, Elevate Maintenance Powder's vitamin E is nature's most powerful antioxidant, protecting your horse on the cellular level. Elevate Maintenance Powder supports the strong immune system and healthy muscle function necessary for top performance. It's affordable and easy to feed, and you can learn more about this and all their products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, our, our veterinary tip of this, this week, uh, it begins with um, hind, limb, hind limb confirmation. If you've been following this series with Dr. Jenny Johnson, you will know that we've had uh, a whole series in fore limb uh, confirmation and symmetry. Some great advice there. And we're going to now move to the hind end to look at hind limb confirmation. So let's hear from Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you, Chris. How are you today? I'm good form, yeah. It, it's really a, a wonderful time of the year to be in Kentucky. You know, while the grass is still green before we get to the heat of the summer and, you know, the horses are just still enjoying this spring weather. It's absolutely beautiful. And how about you? Well, we're uh, enjoying some lovely weather here. We're uh, in what we call our June gloom here, which is actually quite lovely. It's uh, a bit foggy in the mornings and then quite warm in the afternoon, sort of a preamble to our uh, blistering heat that we'll have further on in the summer no doubt no doubt well last week um we talked about the hind limb symmetry uh, sorry forelimb symmetry didn't we and we're going to move on i believe this week to the hind limb and did, were you going to start with confirmation this week yes i am we we have discussed forelimb confirmation and how it relates to lamenesses and may predispose a horse to specific lamenesses so now i wanted to move on to the hind limb and we'll talk about the hind limb conformational faults and how they may uh, play a role in uh, specific types of lamenesses. Very good. Now, hind limb conformational faults generally tend to be less uh, numerous and less problematic 
then lameness is in the forelimb uh, or a conformational fault in the forelimb. And that's largely due to the differential in weight distribution in the center of gravity. Uh, as we talked about when we talked when we discussed the forelimb conformation, the center of gravity in the horse roughly is a 60-40 distribution with 60% of the weight being on the forelimbs and 40% being on the high limbs. And then when you add a rider to that, it can actually go as high as 70% on the forelimbs and 30% on the hind limbs. So the hind limbs have less weight to bear, so they're less uh, predisposed to problems relating from the conformational faults. But having said that, there are a number of conformational faults that can be fairly closely related with lamenesses, and I want to talk a little bit about those today. The first being the horse that is uh, what we call straight behind. Now, these first couple of um, issues I'm going to talk about will be standing at the side of the horse looking at the lateral perspective. And when you're standing at the side, you'd like to see when you drop a plumb line basically from the point of the the hip that's at the uh, backmost aspect of the horse and drop it down, that should actually touch the back of the hock and then go straight down. And when you look uh, from the side, one of the more common elements to your conformational faults you'll see is the horse that's straight behind. And when I say that, I mean the horse that has straight through the hocks or may also be referred to as a post leg. And this type of conformation can lead fairly directly to lameness. Uh, with this type of conformation, there's a larger stifle angle and there's a larger hock angle. And there's typically a smaller angle with this conformation. And this combination of factors can lead frequently to uh, upward fixation of the patella as well as inflammation and desmitis in the suspensory and also frequently arthritis in the fetlock. Now one thing I would like to point out to our listeners is that a horse may go from a normal conformation in the hind limb to this straight behind conformation if they develop a severe suspensory desmitis because that can lead to a loss of support of the fetlock joint which will open up that stifle and hock uh, angle, make them straighter through those joints and actually close up the fetlock joint so they'll have a smaller fetlock joint angle. Now the converse of that would be the sickle hocked horse. And in this case, the hind limb is well ahead of that plumb line that we've dropped and there's an exaggerated concavity to the uh, dorsal or the front surface of the hind limb. So it almost looks like a sickle, if you will, the form implement. And with this type of conformation, the, this concentrates the load on the lower back aspect of the hock, and it predisposes to both lower hock pain as well as uh, curb. Now, it's thought that some Western reining horses with sickle hock conformation may actually be able to slow better with this conformation, but that doesn't really apply with our jumping horses. Um, and it, it, the, the Western reining horses coincidentally do tend to be more predisposed to developing curbs than the jumping horses do. So uh, now moving on from there, we're going to look at the horse from behind and look at the perspective directly behind. And with this conformation, again, we'll be dropping a plumb line directly from point of the hip, really. It's not really the hip, but the um, on either side of the tail, the, the bony prominence that is, is visible there. Drop that straight down. It should go straight down and bisect or cut in half each hind leg. Now, one thing that I point out is that the majority of warm bloods will actually have a toe-out conformation behind, and this should actually be considered within the normal range 
of confirmation that you'll find in warm bloods. It's not particularly associated with any increased problems. Now, not just um, towing out, but sometimes you'll actually have an external rotation of the hawk, and in this case, the, the point of the hawk will be point. The points of the hawk will be pointing together, and the front surface of the hawk will be pointing out a little bit. And we refer, refer to this as cow hawked. Now, the horse that has this type of conformation can actually be either base wide or base narrow. It, it rarely leads to a lameness, but it may alter the horse's gait. And the horses that are base narrow behind, in other words, their feet are inside of that plumb line that we've dropped, they will, uh, most of those horses will travel close behind, especially at the walk. And when they go at the uh, higher speed gates, the trot or the canter, they frequently, many of them will widen out at those faster gates. If they don't, however, they're going to be at risk for interfering, particularly low down on the limb, and that may be a source of lameness just from the trauma of interfering. Now, another aspect of hock conformation is what's called in at the hock or a valgus conformation. And with this, the hock uh, will actually be on the inside of that plumb line. Plumb line will come in, and then the lower limb will go back out. And this will lead to horses or load in the hock, and it, and it pre, can predispose the horse to hock pain, as well as curb or uh, proximal upper uh, cannon bone lamenesis. And then moving down the leg, uh, at the fetlock, we can have what's called a fetlock varus, which would be the fetlock is going to be in the outside of that plumb line, and this frequently results in a toe-in conformation. Now, this is much less common than either of the issues we talked about in the hock, but it can lead to uh, arthritis of the fetlock, pastern, and coffin joints, and that actually can be career-limiting, that particular type of conformation. So those are the main conformational faults that I want to talk about today and have our listeners think about and start observing in their horses um, and how they relate to lamenesses. And then next week we're going to be talking about evaluating the hind limb of the horse and evaluating the symmetry. We'll be looking at uh, muscle atrophy and swelling in the hind limb and how that uh, coincides with lamenesses. Wonderful. That's very helpful and I think essential, uh, Jenny, to understanding the things that go, can go wrong as to what you're starting off with. Yes. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for that. We'll look forward to catching up with you next week as we uh, continue with the uh, symmetrical aspect of the hind limb and looking into that. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you, Chris. Well, thank you to Dr. Johnson and to Chris for bringing us that tip, and we appreciate that. She does cover things thoroughly, but understandably. That's what I like about her. As this tip was taken off of Episode 16 of the Jumping Radio Show, which you can find at JumpingRadio.com. We appreciate everybody who listens to the shows, and we thank you for doing that. And also, we want to remind you that the 2010 radio show will be broadcasting live every night at 8 o'clock from the World Equestrian Games, or about the World Equestrian Games, from the International Equestrian Festival in downtown Lexington every night. So you'll be able to listen in and get a complete wrap-up right here at the Horse Radio Network at 2010radioshow.com. And numerous other websites around the world will be carrying that feed as well. So we look forward to hearing from you. And also, you can do that by dropping me an email at the contact link at horsetipdaily.com. And you can find all the other great shows on the network at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone.